0: We can't get over our twin shirts today, Kipper. <laughs> oh, I, I barely noticed that. Yeah, we're twinsies. Today. That's what happens when you're on YouTube now. You get to, get to look at what we're wearing. It's
1: a nice look. It's a good look. It's rugged. Yeah. Not very Irish, but...
0: Yeah, mine's a silk and yours Yours is... look like a nice quality. <laughs> <laughs> no, yours is nice, too. It's all right. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, and Sammy McKee all together here for the next couple hours. So wherever you are joining us, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Podcast, <laughs> nice, Sam. or... What am I getting in the background? That's uh, it was, it was Danielle, <laughs> Danielle yelling, yelling, yelling at, at me. Sammy in because I, oh, oh I,
2: I buried her by putting Derek's name on the title.
0: Derek Brandeo is on my. Um, yeah, that's my bad. Yes. Iran Burgundy. Danielle, this <laughs> <laughs> Danielle how are you? Uh, she, she can't talk. She's not talking. She's giving me a thumbs up. It's good. Boy, did you bury her, Sammy. Oh, yeah. Just terrible. I'm a terrible producer voice. Horrible. Yeah. Uh, nice St. Pat's hat today, though, from Sammy McKee. I, I literally have a hat for every single occasion. 365. There's, there's not an occasion I don't have a hat for. So before Danielle was screaming at Sammy, I was saying, uh, wherever you're picking up our show, thanks for joining us because we know you could be just plastered right now somewhere else <laughs> on St. Patrick's Day. And good on you if you're out there, if it resembles St. Patrick's Day two, three years ago. Yeah. Because lately, hasn't been a lot of fun going out. No patios, no restaurants. Yeah. I hope it's a little different today. My uh, prediction today is that Toronto sees an unbelievable skyrocket in fistfights.
1: I mean, people <laughs> haven't been with each other. Like, I, like, airline confrontations are up because people have been in the pandemic. And finally, you get with a bunch of people and you just get angry. Now, you're hammered at a bar with green <laughs> beer and a bunch of frat behaving dudes.
2: I will say that after the um 2 years and plus that we've had of you know bars and restaurants going what they've gone through this yo-yo of being able to be open closed capacity 25% checking vaccination cards doing all this different stuff that they've had to do over the past 2 years it is a gift from uh, St. Patrick himself <laughs> to have the first gorgeous day of the year truly fall on St. Patrick's Day uh the pub in my in my neighborhood they were going all in. They had inflatable Guinnesses on the patio. They had the green stuff all over the place. What's I think the some pub? bars, some
0: what, what's uh, pub? The, the Dark Horse, Dark Horse, the it's Dark Horse. A shout out to the Dark Horse. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. The love long bar. lost foggy do, my love. Do they serve little little Buddha?
2: I'll get on Up them the ne- next time I'm in there, aka the second this show is over. <laughs> yes. I will, I will, I'll get on them. Good. That's It's not good. a good
0: day to be you, at the bars. You don't have to pound those calories of green beer. No, is, you don't. This is There's the light
2: seltzer options. This is the best day <laughs> in University College age. I, like yeah. I always remember it being the big like. For example, you look at the weather today, and it's warm. You know, you're kind of going out for the first time. It's kind of the start of spring, going into early summer. This is a great day
1: for your early 20s. You know, when you're in your
2: 30s I'll, or I'll early I'll throw a pic on matter. Twitter
1: here when, when we're off air of me and uh, Kip Brennan, Mike Haley in New Haven, Connecticut. I have no recollection of the day. But <laughs> they, there are wonderful days in a certain age range.
0: And yes. St. Paddy's yes. Day
1: on either side is kind of... Yeah. Uh,
0: and what will complete this day, Sammy, is a Toronto Maple Leaf win. Are, are they sporting the green tonight? They oh, have yeah. to boot. They are.
2: They are. They're wearing the St. Pat's jerseys, which I love. I love the white and green. I wish... The Sundin-era ones that they did, the green with the brown pants. I love that look as well. Maybe they'll bring that back one year. But I do love the new, the new St. Pat's jerseys they wear. Frederick
0: and sh- Anderson returns to Toronto for the first time with fans. <laughs> mm, Drama. Mm. What do you think, boys? Well, what's the
1: reception for Freddie? Coming back home after however many good years as a Maple Leaf? Well, how do you think he's greeted tonight? Uh,
0: there's not a chance they're going to boo him. Is that what you're getting to? Listen, I saw Jack Eichel get booed, and I, I
1: apparently I know these are totally different circumstances. Oh my god! But like, don't even don't but, even compare Frederick Anderson, but I, I thought, he, no, but to I thought Jack. he was beloved, Jack. I totally was out of touch with that market's feelings yeah. on Jack. Here, I've, I'm in touch with the fact that a lot of people feel like they caught Freddie cost them moving past his. Can I give you his elimination stats? Are we launching into the show yet? <laughs> his elimination stats.
0: Okay, dating back to uh, Anaheim, obviously. Uh, no, just in Toronto. So oh, his, just in Toronto, his okay. His
1: four post-seasons and his four regular seasons were night and day. Uh, his regular seasons, he was a 278 goals against a 916 save percentage guy. Uh, he was an 893 save percentage guy in the playoffs and in elimination games even worse. Uh, you know, it was, wasn't was pretty when the chips were on the line. He gave up 14 goals over four elimination games, game sevens and a game five. And I can I
2: can just... Think of the ones too, like they're just burned into my brain. Tom Wilson <laughs> off the half boards, um, yeah. I don't need to get him. Into, the one guy in Columbus off the half, well, Sean Coralli to yeah. put them up
1: three one or something like that. I remember an awkward one when he was in Boston. High glove. Yep. I can. They're burned into my brain, and it's it's
2: bad because he had so many good years here in the regular season where he was legitimately their best player a lot of nights. But it's just the big nights that cost him. But to go, there's, it's hard to boo a goalie, don't you think?
1: Yeah, they're, like not the, they're not gonna boo. They're not gonna boo. I think they will be some moves.
0: We got a few clips, which leads to Kipper's Clippers. Uh, <laughs> do we start with Frederick Anderson on being a leaf goalie? You want to go there first? Yeah, we'll yeah, stick with Freddie.
3: Uh, I don't know. I think I've, I've dealt with a lot of different different things that you don't see uh, in a lot of time. I think my I definitely before the pandemic was a was a fun time for me, and uh, I think yeah, the world changed pretty pretty drastically, and and it wasn't. It was never the same. I think that at that time, but uh, definitely enjoyed the first uh, the first few years I was here and uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of good learning experiences.
0: How much were we reading into that? Not as much as I read into All or Nothing, the documentary. That's for sure. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's where I get all my my <laughs> the, the basis on. on how how bad that relationship ended yeah. between Frederick Anderson and the Toronto Maple Leafs on is he, isn't he healthy, how's he feeling, can you check, no, you check, you go look, is he wearing goalie equipment today, I don't know, that thing was as awkward as it gets. You know, he
1: really went out of his way to specify the. he really enjoyed his first few years, years here, clearly saying he didn't enjoy the last couple, and I understand the pandemic is the shield he's using for that, but there is more to it than just the pandemic, they were bad years In terms of the relationship, Jack Campbell obviously came in, ended up starting when Anderson could have played, you know, in in game one. And then I do think that some of what he's saying that he enjoyed the first few years here really
0: highlights that he did not like how it went for a while. Or maybe more specifically, the Lou Lamorello years. Lou went all in on him. Mm Mm-hmm. That wasn't scouting. That wasn't anything else. That was Lou Lamarello handpicking him out of Anaheim and then slapping him with a five million five year deal. Which is a bargain. All Lou. At the time It wasn't at the time, but it at sure was the time, out. I think it was very Look at the performance it even. was a gutsy call yeah. because he had he had already been talked about not getting uh out of uh, a first round. Mm-hmm. So did he play before that contract or that was that
2: was just traded for him, signed the contract before he ever played? Well, it was him. I think and, he it signed was, it right it away. It was him Gibson
0: battling back and forth, was it not? In, yeah. Anaheim, yeah, In anyway. Anaheim. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then they traded for him and signed him before he even had any track record, I believe, yeah. with the Leafs. Yes. Well, if you look back at the amount of games played they got and the numbers they got, I mean, he was a bargain for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Steady. You know, a guy who handled the market extremely well, even when he wasn't happen, happy at the end, it never really spilled over. You know, like he just wasn't happy
0: and he found out in other ways, but... There were many nights in his stay with the Toronto Maple Leafs when we looked at his games, like we looked at Jack Campbell's, those first 35, where it was... Leafs had no business winning tonight, but Freddie yeah. stood on his head. He made a lot of, I would say, you could count on him to make the saves a goal he was supposed to make.
1: You know, I, it was just a consistent game. Obviously it didn't happen in the biggest moments. And I know that Sammy's contention, but he was wonderful. You look at what he's done this season with a decor that really is effective and clears out the front of the net. Uh, I think he's a 2.06 goals against a nine twenty nine save percentage. Second best in the NHL. 30 and eight. 30 wins, eight losses. Like he is a Vesna, It's Shusterkin and Freddie, you know, those are the two guys. So he has really found it again this year in Carolina. Which brings me to the question, you know, who would you rather have if you're a Leafs fan? Leafs fans were over Freddie, but would you rather have him or Jack Campbell at this point? To me, you're crazy not to say Freddie, but I think a lot of people would still go with
0: Campbell. I think we should just start with uh, a healthy Jack Campbell first. If he's he's healthy. healthy. In this scenario. Right now, I, I, I... I got to think that the levels that we saw Jack Campbell in for the first half of the season should buy you enough time to say that I'll take my chances on on Jack. Maybe not hitting that bar that, yeah. that was set so high, but even underneath it would be fine. Yeah. Not 940, but 915, 920 save percentage. And be that all playoffs, including game 7, game 6, game 5, whatever the game
1: is, give give us your 915. That would uh that would be good for Leafs Nation.
0: Which leads us into Toronto and Carolina tonight. Better to be playing a a team contending for a Stanley Cup because he can't get points off of the ones that aren't. <laughs> well,
1: and we had the clip the other day of Sheldon being like, "We'll evaluate ourselves against the good teams because apparently they're not against the bad teams."
0: So, so here we are uh l- Days before the trade deadline, and Sheldon Keith was asked on the similarities today between the Leafs and the canes let 's have a listen
3: well I think there's some similarities in how the two teams want to play you know uh, I think that you know our team our team with some of the some of the skill set that we have on our team you know we're we 're doing things with different things with the pocket times they're a little more straightforward, and the things are going ahead really quickly. And then it gets the pucks in the hands of their forwards, and then they're they're really skilled guys. Really, uh, you know, make plays and, and things come together for them there. But to, certainly, in terms of the structure of how each team plays um, and when each team is at their best, I think there are definitely similarities there. I think uh, you know, in terms of puck pressure and structure and how this team uh, Carolina plays, or. You know they're the class of the league in a lot in a lot of regards. That shows up when you watch the game. That shows up when you look at it statistically. it Shows up when you look at the standings. So, um, you know, you know what you're in for when you're playing against a Carolina team. And I think when we're at our best, we 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 do that well. We haven't done it to the consistency that we'd like to to get into that class of where Carolina's you know sitting uh, here now. And, and we're not far away from that. And tonight's an opportunity for us to to get there
1: oh my god he talks a lot now huh
0: <laughs> boys you know how long he talked for today no 13 minutes 13 minutes he that's almost for... babcock territory no babs is hard three is he a hard three it he just felt like... like it was 13 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah every word uh, was hard, played in the media hard three in a... okay see you guys it felt like it was 13 <laughs> because you know he made you take notes <laughs> <laughs> it's like a like you were learning something new every yeah. day with babs um Yeah, but he was talking about, like, his relationship with Pete Carroll
2: today. Like, he was going into the the weeds today. Love it. Love it. Interesting guy. Chatty mood.
0: So here we are in March, March 17th, and I heard, you know, the similarities that I got out of that Mm -hmm. uh, clip was more like the ones that we heard in the first six games of the season than they were the last time they played them. It's almost as if, He's kind of revisiting that whole measuring stick. Yeah. Where he wants to say that we're we're working towards getting to be a team like Carolina but we're not quite there yet.
1: See, I I find that a little demeaning to the team. Like the, they're such a little brother to this Carolina team. Like, yeah, you know, one day we'll we'll play as well as them. First off, the one thing But
0: but in the last 2 weeks, no, he's I know, got reasons
1: oh, I know. to think that. <laughs> I know. I agree. One thing that stood up to me was the phrase um, you know, we want to play like them. We want to play like them. Like, that's, like, again, to your point, that he doesn't think that they're there, but they're trying to do what Carolina does. You know, it's just not there with any consistency. What What's frustrating, I think, about this Leafs team is that they're, they're a high-ceiling team that when they play well can look like this Carolina team. We've seen them hang with that team, right? But Carolina seems to do it all the time, and that's why they're President's Trophy frontrunners, and the Leafs are fighting for third in their division.
0: The similarities end after you the, the puck goes back in your own zone. They're just, Carolina's harder to play. They play a more Rod brand a more 200-feet game. Defensively and Leafs, sound. Yes.
2: Very defensively sound.
0: And Slavin could be up for a Norris for the next 10 years of his career.
1: He is really remarkably effective at breaking up plays, with that stick and positioning. Very good.
0: Very good. Pesci.
1: Yeah, and in, in just looking at the sport logic numbers on the Carolina defense, they're they're very similar to the Leafs statistically. And I know he he said that in that quote, but like the one thing they give up is rush chances. Like the Leafs, they don't spend a lot of time in their own end. They're first in the NHL in goals against, though. Leafs are 16th. That's different. That's a big difference. Yeah, that's a big swing. So yeah, uh,
0: Schalchgren's fine. Whew. So but, problems, boys. So much talk about what the Leafs need to do or more specific, Kyle Dubas at the trade deadline. Where are we today? It's Thursday. Can we all come to an agreement that not much is going to change when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leaf goaltending between now and 3 p.m. on Monday Eastern? Are you guys still buying in that Kyle's searching high and low?
1: I think they get Anton Forsberg my take. I think they'll get a guy who's like a backup that's not going to cost a ton who... Some he had, insurance. Yeah, some insurance. Just you don't know if you can't trust
0: Mrazek Another, at all. Another uh, Riddick.
1: Yeah. but Except Riddick. I think he's probably your backup for real. Like he's probably on the bench and Mrazek isn't. They... I know you don't
0: want to trade Marazic with a pick. Who's out? McKenna's boy. Who's he out? loves
1: Forsberg. Who's out? Merazic And Shalgren doesn't exist in this so, world, so where they trade for... So uh, you're
0: still buying that the, uh, Merazic will not be a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs by Monday, 3 p.m. Kipper, how? I'm just...
1: Yeah. I know he's Peter Marazic. I know what his contract is. How do you put him in a hockey game? You've watched him all season. You heard Mike McKenna come on our show yesterday. If he didn't, go listen to that. And I said, I, do I'm you think not, he can find it? And he goes,
0: no. I... I get the theory. I get what you're saying. I just don't think that there's enough time for all of this, and I still don't have a Forsberg being your top priority right now. He no. has to find a defenseman or two. That is your top priority. He's going to run out of time. Yeah, I, no, I, I just we're, don't we're, know we're up against it. Here I, now. I just don't know how he's going to get to your perfect world of. Finding a, a trade for, not my a, perfect world, for Forsberg and yeah. yet unloading the $4 million next year and the year after. Oh, on no, Brazic. he's just going to play in the minors.
1: Um, but I do have a Leafs decor uh, I want to talk about later in the
0: show if they were to make a particular trade. We'll talk about that later. It's not the time. Okay. Uh, we got Mike Fuda, senior consultant to uh, the general manager in Carolina. Don Waddell joining us. And uh, Mike, uh, Carolina's in tonight. Uh, Sheldon thinks it might be a, another measuring stick. Where do you see uh, the Carolina Hurricanes going into the trade deadline and, and wants and needs? And uh, how close is this team to being what you think can compete for a Stanley Cup? Well,
4: first off, Kipper, and, and uh it here from you, or Barney. I haven't heard from you in ages. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, big time uh, in you now. By the way, I, I, I know it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable, but I literally, if I break up, it's because I just got COVID tested to travel to go to Sportsnet to get COVID tested for Sportsnet. <laughs> so my green beer, the green beer is going to be pouring right out of my nostrils tonight for St. Patty's Day. But to get back to your question, Chipper, this is an exceptional hockey team. Uh, very well built, exceptionally skilled. Um, you know, they went out and acquired some veteran goaltending. Uh, I think they've got some of the most underrated defensemen like Slavin and Pesci on the back end. The D'Angelo experiment has been exceptional. He's been out with an injury, but he's bought right in and been a great teammate. So there's been a lot of quality moves. Um, now, personally, I think I was, I've was i only been a part of one team in deadlines, and when we were on our run with, with um, Los Angeles, Dean Lombardi, and you see the teams that have done it, Dean Lombardi, when the team played the way they had, he rewarded them. With, with, with a move, uh, you can sit back and say, I mean, you know, Berkey says only one team's going to win. But when you've had a team that's had a year like we've had, I think a move is really necessary just to give a boost. It doesn't have to be a blockbuster. I mean, it's no secret. I mean, I mean, you know, I love Mark Giordano, but I mean, it's it's hard for the Carolina Hurricanes and Ron Francis to 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 make a deal. It's just not really proven with the with the relationship there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd love to see us make a move. The team's played, uh, you know, through all the injuries. They've just played outstanding hockey. And uh, tonight will be a good test, I think, for us as well. I mean, we went in, like Freddie went in, and he's already played there, but it was in front of like eight people. And he, they did the video tribute, and he got out and waved to the tarp. So it'll be nice tonight <laughs> for for him to, to play his first game in front of a full house where there is a bit of a goalie conversation I heard going on with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So it'll be interesting. It's a big game for Freddie to prove himself too, and it'll be fun. I mean, the least clearly put her in panic mode in a good way and played a real solid game against Dallas. Uh, They're going to have to do the same thing tonight because Rod Brendamore's teams don't take too many nights off.
1: No, they certainly don't. That has them positioned to potentially win a President's Trophy this year. Uh, This is your first year with their organization feuds. What is your Preparation for the deadline look like. Do you bring potential deals to the GM or ideas? Are you talking with other teams? What is your role in helping get Carolina prepared for the the deadline?
0: Do you tell your general manager and owner, "You guys are idiots <laughs> if you don't listen to me"? Like I tell Sammy and JB here. <laughs> oh, he does say that. Um, I
4: say that to myself in the shower. I don't actually, I actually don't say it to them in person. First of all, I mean Tom is a very active guy. He's he's a good man. He's really. You know he's done a good job supporting the team financially. Uh, Donnie's been exceptional for me. He's a hockey guy. Uh, he's a lifer. He wants to make moves uh, to support the team. It's just an interesting thing. But, but to get to the point, yeah, that's they've kind of given me free, free range. I, I mean, I never crossed. I mean, I've got so many connections that I'll, you know, I'll talk to assistant GMs and stuff about potential, you know, prospects that they like on our side, and I'll put together a couple of uh, scenarios that I think make the team better. Um, I'm on all the pro conference calls, so it's never something that I'm bringing up a player that Mike Feuda likes and the rest of the staff doesn't like. Um, I take what I know they already like and what they covet, and in some cases I've got history with the players so I can add much on the character and tangibles, and I think one of my strengths was with with Dean Lombardi was being able to identify guys that were going to help us uh, on our cup runs, and uh, it worked out well, and I, I have the same role here um, and just suggesting things like that. And I mean, I obviously deal a lot directly with Justin Williams and Rod Brindamore as well, who've been exceptional with me and, uh, and the whole staff's been great. Uh, but Donnie, I mean, Donnie's the one that makes the calls and, um, you know, he's got a procedure he has to run through with Tom before he, you know, before he moves forward on something. But, uh, yeah, no, I think, I think everybody would like to see us get a little bit, uh, added into our ingredients and I'm a big fan. Like, I mean, it's hard. I am not a big fan guys of, I mean, I ran drafts, and you fall in love with your own prospects and stuff. But when you get to this point, you got to put emotions aside. And for me, it's one thing for me to say uh, prospect B or A or B is going to be a superstar. Or when we, when we move on from Sebastian, oh, this guy's going to replace him. Those are all, you'd like to see it, but that's not sure it's going to happen. The only guys that you know are NHL players are the ones that are in your room right now with NHL jerseys on under NHL contracts. So if you get too caught up in what you have in prospect land and who's going to be great five years from now, and you're not really willing to part with some good assets to make your team better, I have a big problem with that. Big problem with that. And, I mean, case in hand, Dean Lombardi pulling me aside. I mean, much has been said about my relationship with Wayne Simmons. It's still strong. Uh, Braden Shen, he goes, uh, we're moving Shenner and your son Wayne Simmons. And, uh, by the way, I'm throwing in a second-round pick to make mm-hmm. sure the deal gets done, and we're getting Mike Richards. Okay. My my initial emotions are de- devastated from a personal standpoint because I, I love Simmer. I mean, I just built this relationship to get Schenner on board. I really, truly felt they were going to become the players they are today. But Mike Richards at the time was captain in Canada and one of the hardest, most competitive players to play against in the world. And that's exactly what we needed. And you know what? It's easy to say now because we won two cups with Mike Richards. But you forget about what you gave up because you had to give something to make your team better and give them a better chance to win. And that's why right now I give credit to Brad Trelving. He's, he's answering the ingredients that a Daryl Sutter team needs. He's getting ahead of the getting ahead of the curve. And I love what Bill Zito's doing because he wants them to be the more relevant team. And there's been a pretty relevant team in Florida for a couple of years, and it hasn't been them. And he, if you talk to players around the league, as I know you do, Kipper, the one thing that's coming across is, the two hardest teams to play against right now that you're not talking about on a given night that you think about in a seven game series right now are the Florida Panthers and the Calgary Flames. And it's, it's fun to watch. And both those guys have done an exceptional job. I mean, I thought the Sherrod price was high, but he's rewarding that team. And it'll pay dividends.
0: Hey foots remind me on the Richards deal when it came down. Um, because, uh, it speaks to who can get out there first. And, yeah, maybe there, you might have to overpay a tad, but you are in control by making those moves early, like Calgary and Florida. I, it, it must be a different feel than than a, a Sunday night with your back against the wall.
4: Well, I, absolutely. And that's some guys have put themselves in that position, Jipper. Actually, some guys get to they get to not only make the mistake once, they get to stick around and, uh, try and solve their mistakes over and over again, which I'll never understand. But some guy it's amazing to me uh, in our case, we, we were fortunate because we already knew we had Jonathan quick and Net, and that wasn't a question mark. And we had, uh, you know, D- Doughty and Copa, we had so many pieces and we had that leadership core group. And like I said, Dustin Brown was wearing the C and he arguably like was our 10th best leader. So that was, you had to reward that group and they, they, they made it pay. And at the time, You're right, Kipper. We did it out because we had just hired Daryl Sutter. And Daryl Sutter didn't join us until Mike Richards was ready to go because at the time he was a little banged up. So we had time, and and then we certainly had time. And down the stretch, we were fighting for our lives. So not only did you have Daryl Sutter come in, but every game was a playoff battle. So we weren't one of those teams that was so far ahead that they didn't know how to battle for their lives because everything was kind of... Gravy. We had we had to play playoff hockey every night just to get in, and when we did, we were so confident we were going to run over top of teams that, that it just happened. And that's the thing. I, it amazes me right now that there are teams that are that are out there that are have gone all in and for playoff positioning, or that this is their year to go and pushed all their chips in, and they don't have a goalie, or they've got a controversy going on because it's it's like the, it'd be like the building the Blue Jays with this arsenal of offense. And then at the last session going, oh, geez, we don't have any pitchers. We don't have a pitcher. It's just, it's, 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 it's beyond me. I, I hope what some of them get to the figure and solve it out because there's some people I'd certainly like to see success and have Stanley Cup rings put on their fingers. But it's not the type, the type of year. And obviously injuries happen and stuff like that, like what's going on with uh, Vegas because they, they went all in on liner. But you've you got to have plan A and plan B. And when I look at the teams right now that are battling for, battling for uh, playoff lives, not just uh, not just playoff births, not just playoff survival. It's uh, it's going to be a battle, and I mean, certain guys, I guarantee you, GMs, coaches go to bed at night. They go to bed at night, and they put their head in the pillow, and they have no problem sleeping, thinking about that that position. And there's other guys that probably need a couple bottles and maybe a little melatonin, just to just to get to the next day, wondering what's going to happen with that position. So, in our case, uh, I love Freddie. I love the I love Ranta where he's at. But Freddie knows as well it's going to be, he's going to be, he's going to be, it's been an exceptional year that he's put forward. You know, Vesna-like stats, but he's going to be judged on what he does in the playoffs as well.
0: We're speaking with Mike a senior consultant uh, to general manager, Carolina Hurricanes, and number one hockey analyst at 6.30 with Carolyn Cameron. <laughs> excuse me
4: <laughs> oh you mean you mean surreal feuds and Borg? <laughs> <laughs> yes yes yes
1: hey uh, <laughs> i'm just gonna plow ahead Futes, uh t- tell us how important relationships are behind the scenes in getting deals done you know with the managers agms everyone in those sort of uh front office positions how realistic is it that it makes a difference whether you like a guy or not. You know, we sit here today uh, talking about the Leafs and being like, boy, sure would be great to get Clutterbuck from the Islanders. Or, you know, what about Mayfield from the Islanders? And all of a sudden it's like, is Lou going to trade Kyle any help? How, you know, how, how realistic is it that those relationships matter? Or is it always just trying to get the best players in any deal you can?
4: Well, the best general managers put those things aside. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why Lou Lou Amarello's in the Hall of Fame. and Lou Amarello isn't going to not, if the Leafs, uh, they're probably going to have to overpay to deal with a team like that. Sure. But if, if it's going to make the Islanders better, Lou Amarillo is not going to be about, you know, you know, holding his nose and saying, oh, I don't like the way my things ended for me. And, and that's just a fact. And that's the way it should be. If you're, if guys are doing that, then they shouldn't be in the position. Um, and the relationships are huge. I mean, that was one of the things I felt it was such a benefit for me because much like Mark Hunter, we were so entrenched in the Ontario Hockey League and the Hockey Canada programs that we had coached. Like I had coached Jeff Carter and Mike Richards. God, that's a long time ago. So when when you were asked about it, you weren't guessing what the character is going to be like, right? And and you rely on your resources. It's like like Brad Treliving. that not only is the Topoli trade paying off because Tyler Topoli is a big player, but there is no question. You don't, you know what you're getting in the player. I mean, he probably has eight eight former teammates in the locker room. He's got a former coach. There's so many different resources, so you know there's not going to be that, you know, is he going to fit in the room? You know, is Evander King going to fit in my room in Edmonton, right? There's different questions that are asked from different different ways. If you've got people that know the player, like the, some of the players, obviously, if a player's going to – if somebody's going to ask me about Mark Giordano, it's going to take me three hours to answer the question, but you're you're going to get – you know, there's been a lot of history, but every—I mean, it's there for everybody to see. What the integrities and the intangibles that Mark brings to the table. I mean, are you getting Mark Giordano right now, the Norris Trophy winner? No, you're not. Okay, but you drive, you draw back his minutes. You put him in a team that actually plays a system, and this guy's going to score. You know, his minutes. He's gonna, you're going to get the intangibles and the warrior factor that that are, you know, they're undeniable what you're getting in the character and when you draw them back i think now you're getting if somebody's traded the problem is you get a team and it's 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 not i mean every for you know that's too at a deadline you got sellers trying to sell the players at their best and buyers trying to buy them at their worst and you got to come to a happy medium i mean but in the case of someone like geo clearly they're going to ask for a ransom in seattle they need to ask for a ransom in seattle but on the other end of it you got to realize where he's going to fit in. He's, you know, he's a second power play unit guy who's going to still kind of kill penalties, and he's just going to bring the intangibles off the roof. So you got to know what you're getting as well.
0: Factor in, Foots, that we've had a pandemic here that's put a tremendous uh, squeeze on owners financially, and all these contending teams that are looking for help now in the next few days have to go back to their owners' And say, oh, by the way, uh, we're going to retain uh, half of the contract to send another player to help them win a Stanley Cup. That can't be easy as well. Oh,
4: 100%. And I mean, again, I guess I think I realize now, and it's nothing against Carolina because I'm just seeing it firsthand, and I'll, I'll, I'll be able to give you a better answer on Monday at around 3 o'clock. But with Mr. Anschutz in Los Angeles, there was never any questions, right? You just the big deals and the big money. You had to call them and explain it, but there was never, there was never even a yellow caution sign. It was always green light, green light. And if it doesn't work out, you know you, you're, you're held accountable and you lose your job, right? Or in, this, in some cases, or, or in some cases, you just get to keep your job and make the same mistakes all over again. But <laughs> it's 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 just one of those things that it's it's. It's part of life right nice now. Well, it is Kipper, but I think these guys also realize, certainly in some of these Canadian markets, like I look at, like you see Vancouver now after what they've been put through to see all these positives, positive, positives now. It'd be pretty hard to, you know, not make that push for the last playoff spot, given what your fan base has gone through, regardless of the financial situation. There's other places that are going to have to look at it because their, their buildings are still not full. And, and again, it's, it's, there's going to be some tough decisions made. Just put it that way.
1: Yeah, it's a... But, uh,
4: but it's, it's a factor, Kipper. It's a 100% a factor. Money money matters to these guys. A lot of them have lost so much money that it matters more than else. But once that competitive nature and they get in and see their building filled and they see their, their fan base just dying, like, I mean, Toronto's going to be filled no matter what, but you, your fan base is just dying for that next piece and they're dying for that shot at the parade. Uh, and it's pretty hard to turn your back on that.
1: How much do you consider teams around your team and and how to beat them is it simply make the best team put together the best team you can or do you say hey we're gonna have to go through you know the capitals who are physical so maybe we need more physicality do you you focus on yourself or look at who you're going to be playing
4: Well, I think you focus on yourself uh you got you got to be careful getting caught up overpaying for somebody because you think he's going to be in a lineup that you might face yeah but I, I I just think it's it's common sense to look at the physicality, the, the set, this—I mean, the teams you're possibly going to play, and you look at the teams that have succeeded in the past. Whether I mean, we were overkill with Los Angeles, but you can do things without giving up your skill to make your team harder to play against. Like Tampa Bay did it—they didn't get rid of their skill; they just added some meat for the playoff runs. Because it's—it's one thing to beat a team on one night; it's one game to beat, you know, to win 16 games in two months. So y- you've got to give yourself that kind of depth where one injury isn't going to change your entire picture, right? Like you you can't, you can't put it that way. Like, I mean, like in Philadelphia, you you lose Ryan Ellis. That's a big, big hit, but it shouldn't, the the old up truck shouldn't fall over when you lose one player. Um, And that's why you see the teams that win, that they get bigger, they get stronger, they don't sacrifice their skill. They get great goaltending and they play really hard. They play real hard physical hockey. St. Louis did it, Uh, you know, we did it. I mean, Chicago did it. Uh, the teams that have been Pittsburgh, you know, in the playoffs, they play hard, physical hockey. They muck it up. Uh, so the teams that win, there's always been that one common team. You know, the Harlem Globetrotters have never won a Stanley Cup. A, a, a team that plays that style of hockey, you got to be ready to play defense. You got to be able to win anyways, and you got to be able to, you got to be able to still go in the alleys and and, and play that mucky style when it happens.
0: One more before we let you go, Mike, and that is uh, where this trade market today, the inventory available, where does it uh, rank in other ones that you've experienced? And we know you've experienced a lot here just in terms of, I like some of the names out there and they can help, but it, it gets so overrated and they get so hyped up. I mean, not a lot of game breakers or game changers, but serviceable players are still out there but what are you what are your thoughts about this year's selections out there well obviously
4: the big piece in philadelphia is a game changer in my opinion um whoever gets him uh is going to be Claude getting Giroux. a, a special yeah get a special player um after that there's just again there's a lot of really good players i mean i think i'd be really i think it's going to be really hard to tra- trade players with term right now Uh make hockey deals for a player with ex-player because I think, and I mentioned this on with Borny the other night, I think if I'm a team that's buying and I'm getting another team's first round pick uh, as part of a deal, I want to know exactly where that slot is, right? I don't want to give a team a great player and put them on a 10 game run. And all of a sudden the 15th pick is the 28th pick. I mean, those are deals that you do on the floor. So you know exactly what your asset's going to be, right? But uh, it's a, it's it'll be interesting. I mean, there's some really good players. I think, I think there's going to be a lot of movement. I think some teams are going to start to try and get ahead of it and say, as did Florida, and say, "Okay, this is where we're at now." And uh, and um, you know what? I've been I'm enjoying this conversation so much. I think I'm in Niagara Falls. <laughs> 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 I tell you right now, I am nowhere near sports. Hey. Yet. but anyways, on top of that, hey. it's, uh, it's, uh, it's 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 Kipper. It's 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 going to be fun. There's too many teams too close to not make moves, whether it's the the juicy blockbuster. I mean, there might be one or two of those, um, but I think everybody involved should be looking at a way, giving their team a little nod. And I, I look at this. I look at the trade like the Savard trade, right? Did Savard, at the end of the day, was he worth exactly the package they gave up for him? I, I don't think, from a hockey standpoint, you're you're going to say no, no, he wasn't. But the impact that that had on the dressing room, we don't know, because the team immediately saw a great defense, a great piece coming in, saw that the organization was all in and acquiring them, and they were rewarded with a Stanley Cup. So you can't just judge. I mean, and then I was Berkey would say there were 15 other teams that might have made moves that weren't rewarded. But if you just sit on your hands when you've got a team that's that close and don't reward them, I just think that that, that leaves a lot to be desired.
0: Hey, do you know that you've spoken more on our segment here today than you have all year at 6:30 on SportsNet Central? <laughs> There's
1: short segments there.
4: Well, it's di- it's different when you when you're, you're surrounded by all the all-stars there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Here I just I'm so comfortable with uh, <laughs> the real Kipper and 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 Borney that I can just be myself you and, are, and I, and, I am, and plus I'm not staring at eight different cameras wondering which one I'm supposed to look at wearing a bunch of makeup. I'm just being myself, which
0: is pretty good. You are on the A team here, I can tell you that. 100%. <laughs> Thanks for I doing believe this. It. Okay, Fuda, we'll see you tonight, Bory. Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, sounds Thanks good. Thanks, Futes. Wow, he was good. I mean, that's, that's really an interview. Some really good insight into you know, that side of the trades, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. What do you think of the idea of getting a guy to reward the team who's spent the whole year getting close? I like it. You do? I do, and I've been there, and uh, it's a shot in the arm in the room. Yeah. I like the idea that the Savard thing, maybe, you know, his contribution wasn't worth the package,
1: but plugging a hole and knowing that the team was taking, you know, doing everything they could having
0: value. We got time to uh, assess the trade with Florida right now. Not a chance. Uh, no. We could do it if you want. What time what is our next guest? So, I mean, you you mentioned you make trades thinking about a guy that you may have to go up against. In yeah. Ben Chirot, Florida. They beat the Toronto Maple Leafs to Ben Chirot. Did you know that? The Leafs were trying yes. to... Yes. Yeah. yeah. But that's Ben Sherratt, who has the secret sauce 12 months ago, how to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs with Montreal. The Ben Sherratt the ragdolled their top goal scorer.
1: Yeah, so you think the Florida saw that and liked the, uh, all right, you can play against Matthews in the playoffs? Yes. All right, we'll throw, you, we'll throw
0: you out there. Yeah, and you've played them, and you know how to beat them, and you know what they like and what they don't like and how to get under their skin... Absolutely, the thought counterpoint ben, way too much for Ben Chirac. Ben Chirac will help them. Is he a game changer? Absolutely not. I. Just, but Ben Chirac will help Florida more than David Savard helped Tampa Bay. Yeah, because Florida there is had no, a bigger need. There, there, but there's, there was Headman. There yeah. was Ryan McDonough. There was uh, Chernak. There was Ian uh,
1: uh,
0: uh Sergachev. Yeah. So, you know, Ben Sherrod has a bigger role, I think, on Florida moving forward. But that was a hell of a price: first rounder, fourth rounder, and a prospect. If we are
2: sitting here today in the other world where I said that the Toronto Maple Leafs make this trade, trade what would your rea- first, what fourth, your reaction be to
1: this? Pick a guy, Ronnie Hervonen. Yeah, Ronnie
0: Hervonen. Jordano, Gi- so my boy. Isn't a Toronto Maple Leaf yet because that's the to Mike Fuda's point is Ron Francis thinks, oh my gosh, if Sherratt went for that, then I, I, I could get, I can get something similar. He's not getting a first rounder for Giordano, nor does Kyle Dubas want to give that up. He's got to wait this out and watch that price to fall. I don't think there's a team out there that will give, the Seattle Kraken, a first rounder for Mark Giordano. Mark Giordano should be on your third pair. He cannot yeah. get up and down the ice. And you cannot trade him, Seattle, like he's still a Norris Trophy. And I think Mike Fuda mentioned that as well. Right. It's just not happening.
1: Just You know, the the fit's tough, right? He's another left shot. I have a, some scenarios where the Leafs trade for a left shot guy because we're going to talk Lindholm later in the show as well. But, yeah, if it is for Giordano, you're right. It's got to be third pair. You're probably pairing him with someone who's defense first, whether that's Labushkin or Hall or someone like that. Like, I heard about reuniting him with Brody. It's like, I think you need Brody. Thrive. Let's, we'll talk about this all later. Well, did you hear, I mean, Cirovelli
2: was on the morning show today, and he was saying that he believes that the Giordano's first interest or priority is Toronto.
1: Yeah. So, well,
2: his family's here. Well, you need
1: know, every, you know, it's coming home. Let me ask you guys something. How many times has Mike Fiuta asked about Mark Giordano on the show today? Mm. Zero. Yeah. Sure likes him, doesn't he? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I just, there's there's other teams we'll out connection. there who are pretty, pretty interested in Giordano.
0: I know that Giordano would come here. He'd yeah. be like a Nick Felino where oh. you look at, well, I'm not saying it's going to be a disaster. Okay, oh, okay. okay. Well, wow. I'm not, I'm, I'm, Talking about You're paying for some name and reputation. Uh, reputation, character, you're 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 taking another crack at at grabbing those things, a including a hometown guy. Yeah. hometown boy, family, what it means to you. Kyle likes that sort of stuff. Sure does. But it shouldn't come at a at a a, a, first, a first and a fourth. Like it did Felino. Has he always liked that though? Because it seems like it's been the last yeah. couple years where he's oh, really yeah. changed. Like
2: the a Simmons. But I think this Thornton, has been an effort, Foligno. for
1: a, a pursuit of character. I yeah. think he felt like the earlier Leafs teams that didn't get through lacked another, another, this, another like, one
2: that hasn't won a to go.
1: Character in the room. Yeah, you're right. Don't over. That's a good point, actually.
2: Another another veteran who has won like one. Bringing
1: these
0: great but, character guys, Thornton. But don't Fezza overhype Simmons. Giordano.
2: Oh, if and we when would never. Comes. I would never no, do that. Are you crazy? The whole thing. Uh, we got a contest <laughs> before right, we get to Gordon. It. Uh it's Still, it's the rivalry train contest. Uh, two tickets to see the Leafs play the Habs in Montreal on Saturday night. What could be better than that, boys? Uh, plus a round-trip train ticket from Montreal to Toronto and a one-night hotel accommodation. What you have to do is listen to our show, Real Kipper and Bourne, for a daily password. Enter it online at our contest page at sportsnet.ca uh, slash 590. Today's password is Anderson. Anderson. Like Josh Anderson, I think not Frederick Anderson. Anderson, uh, this contest runs through Monday, March twenty-first. Must be nineteen plus in Ontario to enter, boys.
1: Must have ran out of Leaf player
0: names. They oh, did. Yeah, there's only there's only twenty of on. them. <laughs> Fast forty.
1: Oh my god!
0: And then we got uh, Gord Stelic after the break. Stelectricity. Stellictricity. And he on bets on where he's calling us from a bowling alley.
1: I don't. You know, we can have him in the studio now if he wants to
0: come in. It's legal again. Okay. Someday. I'll tell him to grab a brown shirt and get get over here.
1: (laughs) Get your Henley and come on in. All
0: right. It's electricity (laughs) after the break. You're listening to Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. The code word for today's
2: episode to text 590-590 to qualify for your shot to win Leafs Devils tickets on March 23rd is Suban.
4: Breaking
1: down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show.
3: Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The clock is ticking towards the 2022 NHL trade deadline. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Real Kipper and Bourne. Let's welcome a guest who's experienced a few in the managerial role and one as an analyst as well. Gord Stellectricity
5: coming to you from? Uh, my secret trade deadline studio, Kipper.
0: Like a bat cave?
5: Kind of, kind of like that. Just, you know, <laughs> taking stuff, going in and out, just trying to stay on top of it. No, just stately Stellic Estates. That's it today. <laughs> just plain and simple.
0: You're like Alfred, you're not like Batman or Robin.
5: You're like my young Ward, Burt Grayson, <laughs> or Dick Grayson. Sorry, excuse me. Whatever, Burt Ward played Dick Grayson. Never mind. I digress.
0: That's okay. That's all right. Um, I'm lost. Are you uh, Are you surprised that uh, a team like Toronto's been this quiet when you've really found out in the last few weeks that uh, their 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 checklist or their wish list is far greater than one defenseman.
5: Well, they did get one defenseman, so I mean, you know, that's and, and I've and, and so far so good. He really has been as advertised, pretty plain and simple. Uh, but um, I've liked that. So um, I don't. I mean, you know, given the cap considerations, given the commitment that Kyle Dubas has made to you know, this team and this strategy and, you know, again, for year number five, whatever it is, uh, heading in hopefully hopefully to a different playoff number five or playoff number four, whatever it may be where success is anticipated. Uh, No, I'm I'm not too surprised.
1: Gord, how important do you think handedness is for defensemen? Because I hear the names that the Leafs are considering bringing in, and it's like, You know, at the top end, it's Lindholm, left shot, Giordano, left shot, Middleton, left shot. You look at the Leafs' D, Riley, Brody, Muzzin, you know, Sandine, all left shots. You know, is it, it, does it matter? Is it just a matter of its priority to get good defensemen over, worry about that sort of thing?
5: I think the latter. I think the latter, Justin. I mean, I I, and I heard you and Kippy talking about it earlier, and 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 I know in a in a perfect world, and you know, Mike Babcock when he coached the Olympic team, you had a perfect world. You had your choice of the best defensemen that were Canadian born to put together. But I I just think, you know, and particularly those that you know play uh, can can do it in the playoffs, as far as uh, that goes. That the uh, that the ability is first and foremost. And I, I'm not saying you can get maybe. Um, too carried away about the way they shoot. It is a factor, but I, I just think still skill's number one for me.
0: Uh, when we uh, when we look at uh, Toronto and Shalgren tonight going in to start against Carolina, I personally think that if, if he has another good showing, then Kyle moves this moment forward on with the thought that he's got three goaltenders the rest of the way but if if there's a poor performance there tonight do you think he looks at other options
5: well and they have one more game on saturday and you know you really don't like don't like to decide it just on a game by game basis but in some ways because the goaltending just kind of uh uh, unraveled as, as a, as a situation that, you know, could need addressing where a couple months ago, we we're talking about Jack Campbell's new contract and going to the all-star game. So I, I, I think Kipper, w- what he's found is like that game show, let's make a deal that he has a door number three that, you know, door number three now is, is it Garrett sparks who had the great shutout out his first game and then never, you know, it, it never really happened. Let's hope that's not the case, but I, I, I think he feels that, yeah, he's got at least another option of a, a body and hopefully a decent body that he can put in. Do you think there's something, does it say something about the Leafs that when they seem to need to step
1: up and play a certain way? So, you know, Shahlgren's in net and Matthews is out or Joseph Wool's in net. They're able to find this other gear and play this way and, and win hockey games. They won with Wool in net too. It, does it say something about them that they have that yet? They're not able to do it with any real consistency.
5: Well, you know, I think Kaskusia would have liked to have seen that. <laughs> Good day, point. When they were greasing, the skids, on, greasing the skids on on Mike Babcock back then. But, you know, it's funny, Justin. And, I mean, it's just the dumbest stat, like what their record is when Austin Matthews is in the lineup. That's like the idiocy years ago about got to keep Matt Sundin out because they're winning in the playoffs without him. You don't need to put him back in the lineup. And, right. Uh, yeah. So it, it, in, in, it's commendable in a lot of ways. It's commendable. And, you know, it's and, and again, you look at the team's record. Um, I mean, the, their, their record's great. Their record's great. But, you know, you just uh, – I think we were talking about it last time that it's just kind of like they're building this great house – and then all of a sudden, like the toilet gets plugged or the roof leaks a little bit or stuff, you know, just you can never get, geez, we can't get it. We got the house. There it is. We can see it. And then, you know, just these little things start start coming apart, whatever, or just start falling, niggling details that we can't we can't firm up. But, you know, the one has been you're right about certain situations that when I don't know whether you want to call it adversity or what you want to call it, but they, they've been able to able to come up big which is, is a total contrast in in big games in the playoffs where they just flat out needed to come up big and have it
0: wasn't it a secret that uh, the Montreal Canadiens were holding out for a David Savard package for Ben Sherratt I was really surprised uh, that Florida bid on it uh, but is that one of those trades where it made a, a, a guy like Kyle Dubas go well that just made my job that much harder
5: yeah yeah, I, I think, and I heard you talking earlier about Florida, like, you know, looking at the Atlantic Division opponents they could play and the Toronto Maple Leafs, for example, and, I mean, depth on D. You know, they're, I mean, who would have thought the Florida Panthers are a deeper team on D than the than the Toronto Maple Leafs? Like, we understood about Huberto and Barkov, and, you know, those kind of guys from before, and if it all comes together, and you thought that Hoffman and Dadinov might be a part of it, but they've, they've of course, left, so uh, I, you know, they, they, it's funny. Florida's kind of rolling the dice for now, and, and 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 draft picks. They've got you know decent young players out there. You know, can't get Owen Tippett in the lineup, you know, and and uh, they got a young goaltender in Spencer Knight. So, so yeah, so they they can they can basically do. It. They they have the currency to give up draft picks and there may be like, you know, the Leafs blew a lot of currency on Nick Foligno and have you know, used a lot of currency in, in trying to win in the present. I don't knock that because that's what you got to try to do. So Florida's kind of new to the game. So they have a little bit more in their bank.
1: So how much stock will you put in tonight against the Carolina hurricanes and Saturday against the Nashville predators, any performances you see, Because it's crazy to me. With goaltending, it comes down to, you know, let's see what the kid can do. If he plays a couple of good games, um, same with decor. Like if Lilligren has a couple of good uh, games, does it change their mind that maybe they don't need another guy? How much stock do you put in just a couple of games before the deadline?
5: Well, if you go on a couple of games, you could be broadcasting pretty soon, okay? Um, (laughs) That's that's the guy because, I mean, you have, you know, you have your pro scouts, and and I'll give you an example, okay? Just to, before, I'll, and and I will come back to that about because I do think they need a D. And you know, you look last year. Last year was a tough year to scout because of the unique circumstances of the season, the way it was stepped up. Just uh, j- uh, you know, just playing in divisions and that, and you, you know, you kind of look back and you go. As far as the scouting goes, you know, Nick, Nick Felino was really starting to erode when they got him, you know? Like, you know, to, you, you, you were getting Nick Felino the package that you think of and remember in its entirety, but, you know, you see this year with Boston, you know, he's, he's, he's hit that point where whatever it is, he's kind of on the downside. And And, again, last year they gave a lot up for him, and I know he got hurt, and there were – extenuating circumstances because of that but you know you gave a lot for nothing anyway that that that's that's water under the bridge but that's more what i mean about justin about just you you, know, you, you, you your scouts have to be a real handle on what can this player do where you know what can he do for our team where would he fit in for our team how should we evaluate him and value him so to get back to your question i still think you know they need they need somebody on d i still think another depth defenseman and there seem to be a decent number out of them. I to say it's a to say it's a buyer's market. Uh, I wouldn't say that's accurate yet, but uh, you know there certainly are a number the, the Justin Braun names or whatever those kind of names out there if they might be interested.
0: If in fact there isn't anything out there of significance for Kyle Dubas in this market with Sammy breathing down his neck, with doing nothing. Uh,
5: be okay for him. Uh, well, he already he, he did make one move, and I I I don't think he feels Labushkin enough. Um, you you well you you you'd like to have more, but you don't need to make a move just for the sake of making a move. So I will say Kipper, yeah, yeah, it. it it could be enough, and I mean, it's all going to come down to the playoffs. I mean, that's going to be the whole evaluation that you could add five great great picks right now and give up your draft picks for the next 10 years, but if you lose in the first round, um, it, it, it's, it's brutal. And then if they just win one round just with this one trade, it's like a mini Stanley Cup again, and all is forgiven. I mean, it's, it's weird. It's, such a, it's, it's that cut and dried and that simple. So I, I don't think he feels the pressure. So I think last year he felt the pressure. I think last year they wanted a bit more of a an name and and got that in Flinna. I don't I don't think there's that same kind of pressure. That's I I know you could you know kind of what Calgary's done. You could you could go stronger on your fourth line and maybe your third line and that that's another kind of option. But I don't I don't think he feels that pressure, Kipper. What's gonna unfold with
1: the Leafs' fourth line right now? I feel like the Wayne Simmons thing is coming to a head a little bit um where you know he got to a thousand games was scratched uh you know recently him and Spezza have not been overly effective do you think they need someone like a Cal Clutterbuck or a Tyler Mott or someone come in with a little younger more energy on that fourth line or do you think it's going to be this is the way the Leafs are going about it and let's just see how they do
5: well, you know, I, I I like the Clutterbuck name, but it's funny, Matt Martin just didn't fit here, right? Yeah. Just, you know, it was weird, you know, just that that the kind of thing he did, and, and I don't know if maybe at that time, because the, the line he was on was awfully quick, and, you know, he just had a hard time keeping up. It wasn't your regular kind of fourth line uh, that he was playing on, but again, you know, you like the sandpaper, you like the grit, you, you know, I... I I just kind of look what St. Louis did a a few years ago that when it all came together and and they they didn't have, you know, heart trophy guys, but they had like, what, 15 different forwards, and, and there, was, there was Craig Berube could move some guys in and out. You know, I mean, you could have a spice like a Nick Robertson, a spice like a Wayne Simmons. I mean, there's different, different things they offer and give you different alternatives um, to put it all together and to put it all together in the playoffs. I mean, that's, that's kind of the way I, I see the Leafs right now, and it doesn't, you know, in, in a lot of cases, that's like you're sort of trying to, trying to put a certain ingredient to make it taste right rather than having a sure thing. So maybe it's not the best way to go, but at least you have more options.
0: The biggest similarity between the Leafs and St. Louis would be going to your fourth goaltender on the depth chart to try to win right now.
5: Yeah, you're right about that. I mean... I mean, who knows? I mean, keep in mind, you know, Matt Murray wasn't that much different. I mean, he would. I mean, he just had a solid, solid, solid AHL stats. But you know, he had to come up and win instantly with Pittsburgh in a lot of ways before you would have expected. But you're not, you're not wrong about that. I mean, I, I, I hate going back decades ago, but I do it from time to time because. People love the name Mike Palmateer, and Mike Palmateer, back in his day, was it was a similar situation that the Leafs were just desperate for a goaltender in the Daryl Sittler, Lanny McDonald era at that time, and were trying different players out, and of course the infamous Mike Palmateer, Mr. Gregory, your goaltender problems were over, and for you know about five years he had a really great run, you know, it just and and that's kind of where we are now when we're talking about you know bringing up. Bring it up, a guy that nobody heard about a week ago. I mean, unless you were really following the Leafs, nobody, nobody had talked about, and now we're talking about. You know, if he plays well tonight, mighty, mighty get starts in the playoffs if Jack Campbell isn't healthy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, So how does it make you feel if you're the GM of the Leafs and you're watching Florida get chariot and clear out room and be rumored to be in on more? We just had Mike Feuda on who said that he believes in rewarding teams for a good year and Carolina's in first. So I got to believe they're doing something. You know, do you feel like there's an arms race and you can't afford to be complacent based on your opponents? Or is it just purely introspection looking at your own team and going from
5: there? I think the latter, Justin. I mean, you, you know, you get um, it. It's like getting jealous when you hear somebody friends of yours bought a certain stock and they're making all the money in the world, whatever. And then, of course, five years later, they're broke. You know, but whatever. <laughs> you, you know, like you just you just gotta you gotta focus because uh, because it, it's so sexy. It's so sexy to make additions and you get such a splash. And you know, even now in Buffalo, it wasn't it wasn't. Uh, let's face it, the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Uh, was a horrible trade the way what it was predicated on and why he left and St. Louis did win a Stanley cup and you, and you got the crap beat out of you and you should, but at least when the deal was made, you know, Tage Thompson starting to come along. Now the Leafs aren't there. That's not the Leafs that was the Leafs five years ago. But I, but I, I just mean like, you know, it's sometimes whatever you, you got to make the best of whatever the circumstances circumstances are. And in the leaf case, you know they don't they don't have they don't have currency to do a lot of things trade deadline wise unfortunately they they did when everybody was on rookie level contracts that was fun that was great you know bring them on bring them on bring on Par- Patrick Marlowe then you get John Tavares then whoops we got all kinds of problems guys are on their second contract but when those heady days uh, early and that's why it's important to have ent- have couple of players that are decent competent players that are on their entry level deals for cap reasons, those that you know you're not playing like fifth line press box odd fourth line players
0: is there is there a part of you that could could see Kyle Dubas saying if i don't if I don't get the the big fish now, I could get one in the off season and take another crack at this next year."
5: Well, you know, off season, you know, the, we go back to what what determines the off season. I think it's understood that uh, if they don't have that playoff success, that uh, I I don't know what it is, but they have to rethink the whole thing. And so it might mean you're seeing a big fish go for a mid midsize fish coming back. You know that that's what you're looking at. You got you got a lot of big fish. You know, you 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 got three as big a fish as anybody has. Uh, you know, certainly salary-wise in the NHL. But, uh, uh, I, you know, there's some, in, in Chuck Fletcher's case in Philadelphia, despite the president saying he had a blank credit card, which makes no sense because he needs cap space, he doesn't need money, but, you know, he can kind of look at it and say, okay, maybe I'm going to move Provorov or maybe I'm going to move Konechny, but that'll be uh, in the off season. But, you know, in, in Dubis's case, the off season's predicated on what he does or doesn't do now and what this team does in the playoffs.
0: Gord, you're our big fish on this show. I'm big. You're like the big kahuna.
5: <laughs> Thanks, Moondoggy. <laughs> Gord Stelick, everybody.
1: Thanks for joining us. Well, Thanks, guys. Thanks, Gord. I think the lead in and the walk out of that, Sammy and I are looking at each other going, what are these guys talking about? I don't know. He call
0: you moon Doggy. Yes, he <laughs> did. The hell is that? A, is that an old show I reference? hope so. <laughs> okay. I really do. I really hope so.
1: Well, now I hope it's not. Just his own little pet name for you.
0: So... Kyle would have to be really comfortable if he thinks I don't have to blow my brains out in the next four and a half days. Do what do you think, Sammy? And then I I I asked Gord, because he knows this market as well as anybody, if he does nothing from here on end, would he take heat for it? Or would oh, it be would it be yes. Gord Stellick's theory of, well, let's just see how they do at the uh, end of the year before we decide? What? He'll get You'll get roasted. Are you kidding me? There's no way they can do that. They have
2: to. You can't, like, maybe it's not Giordano, maybe it's not Marc Andre Fleury, maybe it's not, whatever. But you gotta make a couple moves.
1: You imagine if, there'd be literal torches and pitch pitchforks at his house if he was a, did a press conference on the 22nd and was like, I believe we in like this team. Group, I believe you know, in I this team. I think Peter's a 9 10, oh. 10 300 oh. games.
0: Yeah, we're talking about my Joker origin story here. Wasn't there a team that, like, Drafted a, a dead guy. Yeah,
1: Did you ever hear that? Well, the Buffalo drafted a fake Japanese
0: player, Fuji. Uh, See, Kyle's Fujimoto, better
1: trading Taro Fujimoto like
0: one of trading for one of those guys <laughs> than nothing. doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. That's my point. Yeah, right, we, we got Fujimoto from the Sabers. Uh, you well, can make up a guy. I, you could trade listen. for a dead guy, but you can't do nothing. I just there's no way you can do nothing. Yeah, and
2: I think he knows that. Listen. Maybe he has some more intel on what his offseason looks like, regardless of what happens in April and May here. But I think he has to know that the writing's on the wall. If they – first of all, if he doesn't do anything and they crash out, that's a terrible look. But at least if you went out there and you tried to do the move again, you try you – say it's Giordano, say whatever it is you do, at least you have that to be able to point to when you're in that meeting with the ownership being like eh, – or with whoever being like – oh. Oh, well, see, I tried. I tried, as opposed to I believe in this group that's never got anything done.
0: Are you guys buying into my theory that Chalgrin's start tonight can go a long way on what he thinks about his goaltending scenario going into the weekend? No. So if he plays well tonight and wins... You can't trust it. You're, sorry. you're still... You you still go out and get another goalie? You have to. If you trust two starts of an I AHL think guy? I don't you think you
1: can trust Shalgren on two starts or three starts. I don't know.
0: I listened to uh his uh interview with I think Elliot uh, on the Friday before uh and Yeah, I know. He thinks he's got four good goalies right now. It's interesting watching, you know, my time with the Marlies.
1: Uh, you know, Kyle had been there for a year or more around then and Sheldon came in the same year as I did. And watching them grow to figure out which guys are good enough to go up and play and which aren't that 2015, 16 season. I want to say like 17 Marlies went up. Like everyone went to play for the Leafs and it was like, this guy's going to get embarrassed. And they would go up there and be okay and hold their own, you know, because the, the the gap is significant, but for a game or two guys can fake it. Mm-hmm. You can get up there and the, the the game goes well and you're all full of adrenaline yeah. and extra focus. Um- So I I think there's this element where they believe that the gap is not that big for some of these guys, and you could plug in more AHL guys than others think.
2: And Wall uh, today was playing for the Marlins. They have an afternoon game
0: today. Left the the game with injury. Oh, Got run today.
2: I just just
0: think as minor as a goaltending move that you think that could still come, the underlying message in all of this is that if you do anything at all, then you admit defeat. On the Peter Mrazek signing. They did it with Richie. You got to admit defeat. No, no, no. This one's way worse than Richie. Oh, it is. Way Way worse. Way more
1: impactful in a negative way. Yes. And longer and more expensive.
0: That's a signing that if you get wrong on other teams, you lose your job.
1: Mm-hmm. i and don't know i, I said don't, the
0: signing is a miss all the time no isn't it? no yeah but not in this scenario yeah not, not with when the you're pressure this not high. with matthews and marner in their seventh year and 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 having career years and you left the goaltending situation vulnerable and then you overpay for a guy on a cap that is around your neck choking you mm-hmm. that is I don't think Kyle is willing to uh, wave the white flag on in the next few days. I'd love to go back to when the Mrazic deal happened and
1: remember who the available goaltenders were exactly, because it was... They weren't.
0: Yeah. It sucked. Right. He, w- he picked the, what he thought was the best of, of a, a bad, bad crop. Yeah. But Freddie signed after Mrazic, But he didn't no? have to. He didn't also have to give, give him years. the third year. Right. Which is the one if that's it is a, yeah, no, ca- that that's the one that's keeping you from moving, moving them on. on? Yeah, people say, yeah, we'll take Mrazic for next year. We're not going to be
1: great next year, sure. Two years. <sighs> ugh. Mm.